Well, uh, cheers, Alex, cheers. to uh, to our first uh, episode. To our first uh, session, right? <laughs> May so, it not be the last. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and, and start and um, say uh, welcome, everybody, to uh, uh, to our uh, podcast, uh, the first uh, podcast uh, on uh, the Heartland uh, Chronicles. Uh, my name is uh, Alex Iftemi. And my name is Mark Ozawa. Uh, we're reporting from different locations, but, uh, you know, in, in one spirit. So cheers. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it's Mark is in, uh, in Rome, uh, Italy and, uh, and I am in uh, Northern Transylvania about, uh, uh, 20 kilometers South of the, the Ukrainian border. Uh, this is, uh, this is, uh, these are our views, uh, and hopefully that will make things more, uh, interesting. Um, so I, uh, I'm based in Rome. Uh, I work at the NATO Defense College. Uh, for those of you who, who aren't familiar, uh, NATO has uh, uh, a defense college uh, to, to train uh, and educate uh, officers and also uh, civil servants uh, on broadly NATO-related studies. Uh, it was uh, started by General Eisenhower. Uh, in the 1950s and uh, originally located in Paris until something happened uh, with the French and uh, then relocated uh, to uh, Rome where it's been ever since. Uh, and my, as I said before, the, the views that I will uh, be expressing are my own and not of uh, NATO's uh, and certainly not of the college. And, uh, and I think we, uh, we also both have some, some other academic affiliations. I'm also uh, a non-resident uh, associate uh, at the University of Cambridge in the Energy Policy uh, Research Group and uh, was working there before uh, coming to the college uh, and still uh, have an association uh, there. So uh, Alex, I'm not sure if, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if you, you want to give a, a brief introduction to uh, your your affiliations and uh, how you how you end up how you ended up in uh, Northern Transylvania. Yeah, no, great. Yeah, it's it's a bit hard following you, right? So maybe I should have started mine because mine is like shorter. So uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, I'm uh, I'm the president of uh, Romania Atlantica, which means uh, Atlantic Romania which we just actually just funded here in, uh, in Romania. Uh, I'm also a, uh, a former uh, U.S. Army Special Operations Officer. Um, and uh, Mark and I met when I was the Eisenhower Fellow and uh, Visiting Scholar at uh, NATO Defense College in, uh, in Rome, uh, like, like you said, where I also uh, uh, have been a, a visiting uh, lecturer uh, in, in, in the past. Um, and uh, now it's I'll, I'll, I'll be working mostly on uh, uh, issues of the Black Sea uh, with a lot with the t with teams that are affiliated with NATO uh, and that work with different NATO um, organizations. So yeah, so um, we're I guess we, we should say about a few things about the the podcast and about the name uh, and, and why we've chosen uh, the uh, the Heartland Chronicles. Um, so we were inspired from a uh, 1904 uh, article uh, from uh, Mackinder, uh, who's, uh, who's the father of geostrategy. 
and uh, and like you, Mark, he's he's uh, he's lived in Moscow uh, for for some time, or he's lived in in Russia for mm -hmm. uh, for some time, and uh, uh, you know he's. Whenever he looked at, uh, at at Russia, he he compared it with the Heartland, and he had this whole theory about it. Hence, the, the Heartland uh, Chronicles. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it's nice to have that uh, brief explanation because I think uh, a lot of people might uh, wonder if this is going to be a a, a, a talk about uh, Nebraska and Kansas. Uh, but that's not the case. Uh, we're going to talk about another Heartland from a different. Uh, through a geopolitical lens. Um, I, I think broadly, um, <clears throat> we, uh, we wanted to uh, put together uh, discussions on uh, Eastern Europe, uh, Black Sea region, uh, Eurasia, uh, Caucasus, Caucasus area, Central Asia, sort of uh, Central Eastern Europe and the post-Soviet space broadly because, um, well, we, we both do analysis uh, on the region or the regions and we draw from different sources uh, and at least I haven't come across uh, a discussion, a regular discussion group uh, like this uh, on the topic and um, and since we've had uh, great discussions in the past uh, especially when you were in Rome uh, and uh, uh, about our different research projects um, I thought you know why not uh, why not uh, share that with other analysts and uh, interested groups uh, on not just our views, but uh, we're hoping to uh, also get some uh, some others to, to come join the discussion uh, on uh, different topics. Uh, and uh, and quite frankly, I think uh, part of this, at least from uh, on my part, was uh, was brought out from the uh, from the uh, the pandemic's experience of the past year. Um, I'm used to attending conferences and seminars and getting together with uh, my peers uh, at those events, and that's not happening anymore. Uh, what is happening is a lot of uh, Zoom seminars and workshops and webinars, and that's, that's fine. Um, I think it's, it's helpful, but what I miss are these sidebar discussions uh, that take place at these events um, where you, you get a coffee or you, uh, you, you uh, have lunch with some of the other, uh, some of the other people and, um, and then you get uh, a different perspective on some of the discussions. Um, uh, perhaps maybe, you know, uh, less polished and more uh, authentic. So I'm hoping that the types of discussions that we can, um, uh, that we can uh, start here will uh, fill in that, that, uh, that intellectual void that I've been experiencing over the last year and, um, uh, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and, and we wanna make it fun. I mean, it, it's, you know, yes. we're joining you, we're, we're gonna talk about geopolitics, we're gonna talk about important issues, uh, we were going to use this video as a welcoming uh, video um, for, for every 
everybody to join us because we're going to do this live. We're going to invite as many people as we can to, uh, uh, to join us and ask questions on really important topics in, in, in this region. Um, that's really not covered by, by people associated with NATO uh, from a pragmatic perspective. And we're going to give you our, our thoughts, uh, the way that we see things, um, not the way that NATO sees things or, or allies see things or, or Romania or the United States or Italy or, uh, or uh, you know, as, as these governments or their governments see things. We're going to give you our perspective uh, from our own uh, views. Just one point uh, to add on to what you were saying uh, before. And, uh, you know, I think, um, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be expressing our own views. And, uh, you know, I've had, uh, we've, we've had our share of conversations uh, in and outside of uh, the college or uh, uh, more formal settings, but I've no doubts that, uh, you know, we probably have, uh, different views on some topics and that's, that's perfectly fine. Oh, I think, I think this will be great. I think we'll have fun. I think we'll disagree a lot, which is great. So, you know, I, I have that feeling because I'm not there. I'm not there. So I know you can't throw a book at me, so I'm safe. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. So, uh, uh, yeah, we've got a, a we thought of uh, uh, a short list of uh, topics that we could uh, cover in our first um, in our first session here. And when I uh, when I put these together, they, they were just some of the things that I was uh, that were on my mind uh, right now. Um, I think one of the topics that we wanted to discuss uh, was Nord Stream 2. Uh, there's a lot going on uh, with that. It's, uh, it's sort of, it's like Brexit. You, you think it's about to be finished, but it's not really finished. And you think that the parties have come to an agreement, but they haven't really yet come to an agreement. Um, and that is still, uh, still sort of ongoing. Um, you know, we could also uh, talk about what what is the general uh, geopolitical uh, state in the region and regions. Uh, do we think things are uh, uh, sort of calm, or is it tense, or what what, what are some of the moving parts? Um, and maybe we'll, we won't get to all of this today, but. Um, uh, you know, there, there's going to be uh, a new, uh, I think there's going to be a new uh, administration coming in, uh, in the U.S. Um, one of the, the big players in the region is NATO, and the U.S. is uh, one of the key members, if not the uh, key member uh, of the alliance. So with a new administration coming in, probably with some new, new views uh, about, uh, certainly about NATO, uh, but also about the region and what, uh, what should be U.S. involvement in the region. Uh, I'm curious to, uh, to hear uh, Alex's views on that because uh, you probably have a, a better sense of, uh, of, of sort of shifting, um, uh, shifting views on uh, U.S. military involvement uh, in the region. And um, 
Vladimir, uh, Vladimirovich uh, Putin had his uh, annual press conference uh, this past great. week. It was a great conference I watched. I was really <laughs> excited. So. <laughs> Looking forward to it. It's the highlight of the year. Um, so, yeah, there were some, uh, I didn't watch the, the full conference. Uh, he, he has more stamina than I, I, I do for... Uh, I read the, the transcript. I, I, didn't, I didn't watch it, so... Okay, I read all right. In English, so I yeah. went through. And, uh, there were a few, um, I, I think a few interesting things that, that came out of that press conference. A lot of it was, I think, sort of... Uh, uh, keeping the ship moving in uh in uh it was, it was, it was in the he, right direction a tone so but let's let's go let's yeah. go from let's go at the beginning then and let's let's start with the first topic that you brought up or you know, sure at least let's should we start with uh, let's cover the 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 state of uh the, the geopolitics in the region like really um do you want to do that yeah yeah all right I can tell you what's what's worrying me, um, at least when when I look to uh, Eastern Central Europe and moving towards Russia, is this uh, increase in the amount of fake news that's happening in the region. Mm. Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, the, the the internet is just filled with uh, conspiracy theories. Mm. Um, and uh, what's what's more, it the, you know, first there there increasing the rifts uh, between ethnicities. And we see already uh, frozen conflicts that are getting unfrozen, which is very dangerous, like we've seen uh, with Nikorbo Karabakh mm -hmm. uh, between Armenia and Azerbaijan. Right, um, yeah. uh, But the fake news is, you know, the, this is not just uh, with regards to ethnicities, it's also with regards to, to the COVID crisis, where, I mean, Every day I hear and, and I, I see and I, you know, all these uh, uh, supposedly news, right? I mean, there's reporting, but you, you read it, you realize that it's, it's, it's fake news, but, but they spread like fire on, you know, how, uh, you know, the, the vaccine is coming, but it's here to kill us. And uh, I mean, yeah. you see, uh, it, it's, it's quite... Uh, uh, it's quite interesting what's uh, what's happening, and and probably that's why everybody was looking at when Putin was asked about the vaccine, whether he's, mm. he's, he's, he was given the, the Russian vaccine. He said, "No, I haven't been." And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the internet started talking about, "Yeah, because it's kind of Sputnik Five. So it's uh, <laughs> of course he didn't take Sputnik Five or uh, whatever the the latest. Um, uh, 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 vaccine developed in Russia uh, would be. Um, How do you see it from from your from your seat? I mean, from from Rome. Well, How do you see the region, you know, evolving or events in the region? Yeah, well, I mean, there's sort of my uh, my my general view of the state of affairs, and then there's uh, what I think is going on right now. Um, in terms of the uh, uh, in terms of the, the the macro view of the state of geo geopolitics, there I um, I think that things are uh, more stable than they were five years ago um, uh, with the annexation of Crimea and uh, and 
uh, the Ukraine. Well, Russian that, that, Ukraine may, that may, that may but, get uh, worse. Uh, I mean, if you look at uh, at Putin's mm. speech, the fact that he said he will increase support for for Donbass in 2021, mm. uh, we'll see how 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 you know how that's going to evolve. Yes. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, on the one hand, I think that things are more stable than they were five years ago, um, but uh, it's still very concerning. Uh, we have a series of, uh, I, I would describe them as sort of deadlocks, um, unresolved, yeah, frozen conflicts. Uh, you can even you can even call. Uh, the the interactions between the West and Russia as being sort of a frozen conflict right now. There's no real resolution happening. Uh, there are a lot of uh, older safeguards uh, like uh, arms control treaties that um, uh, that are uh, falling apart. And what we're left with is uh, a sense of. Uh, well, a need to resolve uh, a lot of a lot of issues, but no clear um, path to doing that. And I'm wondering if uh, I'm wondering if uh, I'm wondering what impact the new administration is going to have on NATO, which uh, which could also you know, carry through to uh, to touching on some of these other issues uh, in the region, um, particularly uh, with respect to Ukraine. Um, that would be interesting. You know, I think that, I think I think looking at how the how the U.S. will will react with with regards to Russia, it's it's particularly with Russia. It's going to is going to be interesting. I mean, we see sanctions at least with regards to Nord Stream still in place. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, on on the, there is one naval exercise that's going to happen in 2021 that will have mm-hmm. both NATO countries and and Russia, but also China, Pakistan, um, also mm-hmm. also part um, of uh, of this exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, overall, it'll be interesting to see uh, uh, how relations between the United States and Russia, in particular, will uh, will will evolve. Uh, what do you think? I mean, do you think they'll 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 improve, or do you think they'll just will have the status quo? Um, um, my sense right now is that um, things will probably go back to some sort of pre twenty sixteen uh, status quo. Um, you know, tense, uh, traditional U.S. support for, uh, for the allies. Um, and, you know, the, the only thing that I've heard uh, Biden talking about in terms of potential retaliation uh, for uh, Russian, you know, not just U.S. Uh, election meddling, but um, general mischief um, in the world is more sanctions and maybe some uh, uh, very targeted financial penalties for 
certain individuals. I'm, I'm assuming that this is probably going to be individuals associated not just in Putin's uh, inner circle, but maybe associated with particular ministries uh, and agencies that had a role to play in, um, uh, in, uh, in, in the attacks like the GRU or F, uh, SVR. Um, but that's it. Being in, in, uh, in Romania, I, I, you know, I think my hope is that, um, that the relationship will, will uh, loosen up a little bit. So, it, you know, that mm. it's not as tense and as, as it's been. Of course, I understand and I'm being realistic and I understand the situation with Ukraine that, um, you know, until the, the situation resolves, mm. uh, pretty much since the, the incursion of Russia in, 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 in Ukraine, all relations uh, more or less between NATO and, uh, uh, and Russia have, have, have frozen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, regionally, however, I think, uh, you know, it's for the best for them to, to open up again and continue. Uh, I'm not saying, uh, that the West should give up on the issue of, of, of Crimea. Uh, but, uh, you know, that shouldn't preclude having, uh, normal, at least somewhat normal, uh, diplomatic, uh, relations. Um, and I think that's, that's critical, particularly, uh, in the context of uh, both NATO nations and the United States, you know, the rift between uh, the United States and, and a lot of NATO uh, nations with China increasing. And as this rift increases, I think it's, it's important to, uh, to normalize somewhat the, the diplomatic relations with, uh, with Russia, uh, mainly because we all know the United States cannot afford to, to have a conflict on, on multiple forts or fronts, um, and, and, and for that reason, I think uh, um, the United States and NATO will be much stronger if, um, um, if at least uh, the, the relations with Russia normalize a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and what do you, you know, think? I think a lot of people will criticize what I'm saying now, will probably not, not, not you know, agree with what I'm saying. Uh, it's definitely not a NATO view, and it's not a US view. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, freezing somebody out or locking somebody out of diplomatic discussions uh, may not be the best way of punishing uh, that nation and, and returning things to, to normal. And most likely this strategy will fail um, again during, uh, during our times. You know, mm-hmm. stopping relations with Russia is not going to give uh, Crimea back to Ukraine. I, I agree with you there. If the goal is... Uh, to um, uh, to force Russia to uh, resolve Crimea uh, to the satisfaction of Ukraine, meaning you know uh, giving it back to Ukraine. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, my impression is that the goal of the sanctions right now is uh, is twofold. On the one hand, it's just to to punish Russia. Um, and uh, to, to impose some sort of cost for, uh, cost for uh, its actions, um, not necessarily with a view to resolving it uh, in, the favor of, uh, in the favor of the EU or, or NATO or, or Ukraine. Um, and I think the other goal that, uh, that it achieves that the sanctions achieve is that um, 
it's uh, well, there's there's a strong voice. Uh, there are strong voices within uh, NATO and the EU that something needs to be done, and it's uh, uh, in that sense I see sanctions as, as also providing some sort of a a, a unifying role uh, within the West. Um, it's costly enough to satisfy some concerns in the East, but not costly enough to, um, uh, to really pose a, uh, to really create a problem for uh, Western European or, uh, or North American um, policymakers or companies. Yeah. yeah, what about the sanctions with Nord Stream 2? I mean, it, oh, it, those. You yeah. know, I mean, there's, there, there's more sanctions. And now we have Ted Cruz, right, Senator Cruz, that, mm -hmm. uh, that came out a couple of days ago um, and argued that Nord Stream 2 will not happen because, mm -hmm. uh, because of the sanctions. It, it's, it's really funny because TASS, basically Russia, came out the mm -hmm. same day saying that Nord Stream 2 will start delivering uh, gas as early as next year. So right. which, one is it, which one is it gonna be? I mean, you have, yeah. you know, uh, which one are we betting on? You think it's gonna go through? I mean, is it gonna happen like, like it happened with uh, Ronald Reagan when he tried to stop uh, uh, the original pipelines being built between uh, uh, Russia and, uh, and, and Western Europe or West Germany? Mm -hmm. Or um, or is it going to happen, uh, um, you know, where, yeah, it's not going to, you know, we're not going to have a pipeline uh, finished. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, I suspect that it will uh, be completed. Maybe not within the time frame that's being reported uh, by TASS. Um, and, and, you know, I could be wrong about this, but uh, uh, I, I think it will be completed for a few reasons. One is that there's just been too much invested in the project so far and exactly. too many uh, interested parties. Although the construction, with the introduction of the first sanctions, uh, US uh, sanctions last year, they, they halted construction but uh, they've recently uh, resumed construction. And from what I understand- but, but they've resumed it only within territorial waters. Yes, yeah. Which, they, which they can do that without necessarily dealing with sanctions. But the moment that they're mm -hmm. gonna get outside of those territorial waters, I mean, that's, that's the question is, is, who's gonna have the courage to do it? And then the next question is, yeah. if we have an Italian company coming in and, and, and you know, finishing the, that pipeline um, mm. outside of the territorial waters, um, is the U.S. going to go ahead and really uh, start uh, uh, imposing the sanctions on, uh, on these Italian companies? Or, uh, so that's, uh, yeah. you know, are, are we going to start imposing sanctions on our allies? Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think that. Um, uh, especially with the incoming administration, um, they're going to be more 
uh, I suspect they're going to be more receptive to uh, the concerns of, uh, of, of the allies. And I mean, you've said it. You've said it just right. I mean, the fact that so much of the pipeline has already been built. Well, everybody that, in the German, everybody in the German Bundestag agreed that they have to finish completion of the, of the pipeline. I mean, even the Greens. I mean, it's uh, if if you look. I mean, the support I didn't know that. Uh, within, within the German politics for the pipeline is overwhelming. I mean, I I was surprised mm -hmm. about that. I mean. You know, it's. I think the pipeline is bad for for Poland. It's going to be bad for Ukraine. It's going to be bad for peace regionally, and it has to stop mm -hmm. because of that. Mm -hmm. uh, it has to stop because you know we want to have a, a unified uh, energy front in in Europe, not because you're afraid of sanctions. I think that was the biggest mistake. We should have done this diplomatically as opposed to we're going to force our allies through sanctions. Strong arming, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. That was probably the, not the, the best way yes. to approach it. Did I ever tell you that um, my, my better half uh, comes from the area around Zasnitz, um, the, 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 the port a point of contact where uh, Nord Stream 2 connects, uh, connects to Germany. And when you... Uh, when you sent me the, um, uh, the congressional uh, Senate announcements some, some time ago when we were working on, the, uh, on our last research paper, um, I, uh, I passed it along to some people that I uh, know in the region to get their, their take on it. And uh, for them, uh, this is a part of Germany that is not used to being uh, in any sort of international spotlight. And it almost seems uh, surreal for, uh, for this harbor or the, 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 the operator, the local operator to be even mentioned in, uh, in a US congressional hearing or document or, uh, or announcement. So um, I think, uh, uh, on the one hand, there's the, the, the federal-wide reaction uh, within Germany, but it was interesting for me to see um, how, how this is playing out locally uh, in, uh, in the northeastern uh, region uh, in uh, Mecklenburg-Vorpommern. Uh, and uh, they're, they're sort of uh, in a state of shock and don't really know what to do. Uh, and uh, uh, we were imagining uh, some of the personalities uh, working at the, the harbor company that was the recipient of, uh, of the letter, you know, imagining, um, you know, Frau such and such, yes, yes. Not, not understanding what this letter means in English and then passing it on to someone and then the, the big round of discussions and then, oh, they, they've got to contact the the local representatives and you know i i'm sure the the letter caused uh uh made it made a big impression uh on on the people within the company uh and i i suspect they they had no idea what to do and just referred it to uh referred it to the political level this, this uh, you know lack of communication and misunderstanding uh, at least in recent years between uh, Germany and the United States, kind of reminds me of that uh, that ad about learning English by the Coast Guard. 
um, mm. where, you know, there's a Coast Guard officer and it says, you know, he hears this SOS uh, yeah. message. We are sinking. We are sinking. Mayday, mayday. And, and you know, the, the operator mm. gets back and, you know, uh, the Coast Guard uh, replies, uh, yes, uh, what are you thinking about? <laughs> what what the case also illustrates is that you know if if you if you want to resolve these issues and the the security concerns it has to be done at the uh, at an earlier stage um because it's, it's I don't difficult think it's to too late. I mean I, I think I think um, I think uh, the Biden administration has has a great opportunity mm -hmm. um to uh, to get things back on track with okay. uh, with the European allies, um, mm -hmm. so um, I'm, I'm I'm quite optimistic, um, but uh, yeah, this is still going to be a challenge with uh, with Nord Stream, and I don't think Nord Stream yes. is going to be the only challenge. I mean, do, do, should we let's switch to uh, um, to Putin's uh, annual conference? Okay, because all right. I want to talk about that, and there's there's several things that that uh, okay that is talked about that. Uh, you know, he's taking, I think he's taking a quite diplomatic uh, tone. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, stern, but diplomatic, I think. I don't know. Mm -hmm. what, what do you think? Yeah, that, I, it was sort of, uh, um, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's a good way of describing it. Stern, diplomatic. I always get the impression that when Putin speaks to uh, the local, to his own audience, to, to a Russian audience, um, he his his tone and speaking style is uh, usually very eloquent, um, also diplomatic, um, uh, stern, and gi giving an air of competence. Um, with some exceptions, if there is a flare-up, like uh, uh, you know, certainly in 2014, 2015, uh, he was more. Uh, animated uh, than uh, than usual, um, but uh, nothing really surprised me about um, uh, about the the press conference. Not even his 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 little uh, jab at uh, uh, at Navalny and um, uh, his response to. Um, uh, to to whether uh, whether he or uh, the the Russian government sanctioned the um, uh, the poisoning uh, of Navalny. Um, well, yeah, of course. I mean, that's that's the last thing I could I would have. I mean, I would have expected him to go online and say, "Yes, we did it." You know, yes, but uh, but I, I think that he still gave up something. In I don't think he could really help himself in his uh, the the intonation and tone in his voice uh, when he when he said, you know, uh, we would we would have finished uh, or Russia knows how to finish uh, a job. Uh, oh, it, it's it's not our fault because it wasn't successful. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Um, the uh, one thing that did sort of impress me, um, and I think Putin also has some impressive moments, uh, uh, his, uh, his response to, well, first of all, he has a lot of patience. 
uh, in some of the, the, the q and I mean, uh, some of these questions were really long. It's called uh, Prozac. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I'd, lo I'd love to know what he's writing down on his little, you know, on his little notepad when he's, uh, probably when he's the, listening. Probably to the it. names of the next journalists are going to appear next year. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Seat number, row, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, one of the questions I thought was particularly long from, I, I forget uh, what agency or who she represented, but it was regarding um, Nagorno-Karabakh. And uh, the question was originally supposed to be a three-part question. It turned into something like a seven-part question with a five was felt like a five minute introduction. Uh, and it was basically to um, explain uh, from Putin, from his perspective, uh, what are what are Russia's interests in the region? What is Russia doing? What are the plans for the future? How did it come to this? Uh, and I thought he did a pretty good job at getting to um, the thrust of the, the question. Uh, and, you know, he, he didn't go point by point throughout all of the, the different dimensions that, uh, uh, that this person was, uh, was asking. But uh, I, I thought, you know, I, I could, um, I should learn how to do that. Uh, because sometimes I think, you know how it is in, in, uh, in these seminars or uh, responding to, to Q and A about uh, about different um, uh, about different topics, you get these really long questions. Uh, and how do you uh, how do you distill it down to one point and uh, and and satisfy the uh, the, uh, the the person who's posing the question? But that, well, it, that, so that it, was. Quite, it's quite easy because I've been in some training exercises here on, on communication. They're okay. answering on right. the topic. They're not answering the question. So, okay. mm. so the question came about in Gorbakarabakh. He had the answer already framed in his mind for whatever question mm. that would more or less cover. The, yes. Yeah. Right. So, so he's, you know, he, he was well prepared. He's well prepared. He's well prepared. He goes, he yeah. doesn't, I mean, you for, know. It's, for surprise, unknown, spontaneous questions. <laughs> what are some things that worried you, uh, at least uh, from, 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 the, um, from his uh, speech? I mean, the, the, the annual conference, the one thing that worried me, um, mm. or there are two things really that worried me. Um, the, the first one is um, how he approached the question about Ukraine and Donbass mm -hmm. uh, or Donbass um, mm -hmm. where he's he's more or less uh, saying that he'll increase support for Donbass in, mm -hmm. um, in uh, the next year and uh, only Ukraine is to blame for that because they're not mm -hmm. uh, they're not respecting the agreement that was signed in Minsk right yeah um, so, and that's worrying because that, that means, you know, we may have further conflict in, you mm -hmm. know, in, in the region uh, next year, unless this is, this is being managed uh, properly. Mm -hmm. And again, with, with relations being frozen between uh, a lot of NATO nations and, and Russia, how are yeah. you going to resolve this issue if, if not diplomatically? 
Um, mm. So that that's one thing that worried me. The other thing that worried me is really um, he, he, you know, he talked about his relations with China and Turkey, mm-hmm. and he talked about okay, I have warm, very warm, and then he added professional relation yes. with the Chinese president, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so and uh, the opposite, basically, for Turkey, where. He didn't criticize the, the, the Turkish president, Erdogan, mm. uh, but he, uh, he did say that, you know, we're having some issues. Uh, but he trusts mm-hmm. that, that the president is a man of his word. So he, he praised, the, talking about mm. diplomacy coming out, he praised uh, the Turkish president, but at the same time saying, we're going to have some issues coming up. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, at least with, with the issue with Ukraine and, and the issue with, with Turkey, I'm being in Romania right now, we're like we're at the Black Sea, uh, right in between two potential conflicts with, uh, with Russia. Um, yes. And that's something that, uh, that I worry about particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know, and anything else that stood out from you that, that kind of worried you for the next year from, from his speech? I think the way I was, um, uh, the way I, I was listening to uh, the questions and his responses was more to see what, what may surprise me. Um, and there, there, there wasn't uh, much that surprised me. What would worry me? Uh, I mean, the point about and anything related to an escalation in Donbass is worrying. Um, okay, yeah, uh, we're still connected. Um, anything related to uh, an escalation in Donbass is worrying. Um, it's, uh, you and I, we've talked about this before. It's, it's not a frozen conflict. It's still a hot conflict. Uh, it's, it, it, it cooled a little bit earlier this year. Uh, but, um, uh, but, uh, it's, it's a pressure point that, um, Russia has on Ukraine and the Black Sea region that uh, that it can exercise when it, whenever uh, whenever it sees fit. Um, the point about possi- possibly um, escalating um, Russian support for next year. What comes to my mind is that could be a signal uh, to uh, to Western actors about um, any plans they may have uh, next year. And it, it strikes me as being a, a bit of a, uh, something of a signal. Um, and I'm just wondering who the audience, uh, who the audience is, if it's, if it's uh, on the Ukrainian side, uh, or if it's, um, uh, if, it's, if it's involvement from, uh, potential involvement from uh, NATO member states or, uh, or the EU? Um, I don't know. He's been quite, uh, particularly with, uh, with uh, Ukrainian leadership. I mean, you know, he's, he's almost like he's challenging them, you know? It's kind of like, I mm-hmm. dare you to do something. Mm-hmm. You are weak, you know? It's like the, yeah. the term weak came out in, uh, in, in the... Mm-hmm and the conversation uh, with mm-hmm. regards to, to Ukrainian leadership. And I, you know, that's where the diplomacy kind of went south a little bit. Uh, Let's see, I mean, we, we've also talked about, 
broadly about uh, Russia-China uh, relations. And um, I mean, the characterization is uh, what I would expect uh, from Putin. There's, there's a measure of respect. Um, I think he understands that, that Russia, although, uh, although he would never say this, uh, certainly not to a Russian audience. I think there's a recognition that Russia is, uh, is going to be the junior partner uh, in, in the relationship. And uh, it's a measure of deference and also um, uh, pragmatism. Um, so, and it all also acknowledges the, uh, uh, the progress that has been made in uh, in cooperative projects between Russia and China, um, but uh, but and I, I'm not a uh, neither of us is is a China expert, but we we know uh, no. But uh, I think it's, it's it's a great point that you're making. I think we can transition into what's the West missing, right? What's the West mm -hmm. missing about the region? And and if I were to make one point. That's exactly what, we're, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd reinforce what you just said. I mean, that, uh, right, that the, the relationship between Russia and China getting together, but Russia being really as, as a junior partner within this relationship, this offers really a, a great opportunity for, for the West and, and, and Russia to, um, to normalize their relations. Um, because, you know, I don't yes. buy what, what I really don't buy what, uh, what Putin's been saying, uh, you know, uh, about, about China in, 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 his, in the conference. Mm -hmm. I really think that that statement was meant, not, was meant for the West. That statement mm -hmm. was meant for the West to say, I'm getting, you know, I'm, I'm building closer relations with, uh, with China. And, and this hope, in, in the hope that the West realizes, oh, we want Russia mm -hmm. on our side, mm -hmm. and 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 I'm willing to bet that the moment that uh, that the West will will open the door back to Russia, Russia will uh, or extends the hand to Russia. Russia will take that hand, um, and, and you know it's it, it's more a diplomatic say. Russia cannot go, uh, or or Putin's not going to go to the West and say, please mm -hmm. welcome us back, but he will you know he will do it in such a way where. You know, we're moving mm -hmm. away from the West in the hope that the West will say, please don't. We'll come to its senses, yeah. So I think that's what the West is, is missing right now, the, an opportunity mm -hmm. to, uh, uh, an opportunity to, uh, to rebuild relations with. Mm -hmm. uh, with Russia. With Russia. First, I want to thank you, uh, Alex, for uh, joining me uh, on this project and, um, it, it feels like a continuation of our uh, chats in, in Rome, uh, 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 outside in the, the gardens, um, uh, in front of the college. So uh, uh, cheers again, and um, uh, I wanted to wish you happy holidays and uh, uh, all the best for 2021. And hopefully we'll be able to uh, to do some of these face-to-face uh, -face in the future, too. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for coming up with this great idea. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited uh, about it. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening uh, to us. And uh, 
we look forward to uh, to 2021 and having more of these uh, meetings uh, and having your questions live. You know, I'm really excited to um, to do the Heartland uh, Chronicles and um, cheers. Cheers. Srajestvom. <laughs>、yes. As I'm joining all of you with 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 a glass of whiskey. The fun part is I'm I'm in Northern Transylvania in Romania, and I received the gift, you know, a, a box with with a glass of whiskey、uh, inside. Well, the glass of whiskey <laughs> still came with the security device. Oh,、uh, okay. On it,、uh, the first thought that came to me, it's like, did somebody actually steal a <laughs> bottle of whiskey and gifted it to me? <laughs> So, hopefully, we were not losing all the recording, and if we do, then yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's But, a good question.、Uh, how do you <laughs> how do you save a recording just in case? Does it do that automatically, or I, I don't know. I haven't done it. You're the one recording now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll figure that out. Before 